This is an Alliance podcast. And we're back. Um, yeah, if, if um, for the past couple of weeks, um, we've uh, been fortunate to be able to give you guys uh, the first couple episodes of the Day Butter FC podcast. All right, so hope you guys have um, been enjoying it. <laughs> Shit. But um, but yeah, definitely uh, uh at that least from from, from the phone. You over there? You're getting moisturized, man. Moisturize your your skin, grease your elbows. Actually, <laughs> <Man, she's laughs> but uh. Hey, bro, you know she's yeah, I, calling on all the spots and guarantees to be ashy. <laughs> I put lotion on <laughs> But, um, but yeah, if you haven't done so, of course, you can actually catch uh, their episodes on our podcast feed. Uh, they're working on getting their hosting together. So, um, you know, we're extending, um, you know, our uh, our airwaves to them. Of course, I think a lot for their first episode, they actually got a uh, a pretty high li- listener up between us and antagonists. And, um, so, yeah, definitely, if you haven't done so already, hit up uh, Shea Butter FC on our, our feed, also on the socials at, at SBFC underscore podcast. Uh, those are, are pretty dope people. And, um, of course, they got uh, some pretty hot takes on, um, on women's soccer, right? Of course, everything. Um, but, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna, give, I'm gonna get the ball over here to Tony, man. Like I said, got a special guest. Keeper! 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 He knows that box presence, baby. Came through. Came through. Got uh, this is my box. All right, that's right. It's Keeper's Corner. Happy Aaron Nash. What'd you, what? What'd you say? You in my box? My box, CK. Keeper! All right, so anyway. All right, so our special guest today is a young brother by the name of Jeremy Sally. I've been fortunate enough and blessed enough to come cross paths with his brother. Um, and, you know, I've been impressed with him and everything like that. And so I am excited to have him on the show uh, because of what he is pursuing and everything. Um, so without further ado, my homie, my, I'm going to call my little brother. I'm going to call my little brother. Uh, my little brother, Jeremy Sally. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the podcast, Jeremy. How y'all doing? How y'all doing? Welcome, man, my fellow Southwest cab brother. That's what I'm talking about. Praise up. up. Praise up. Praise up. Welcome to the show. So, Jeremy. Yes. Trojan, right? Bye, <laughs> This man is a recent grad of USC, the real USC, not South Carolina to y'all. No. Uh, you know, our Southern I brother don't. who thinks USC means South Carolina. I, I still don't understand that. Um, is that a thing? Do y'all, do y'all yeah. have that channel? Yeah, yeah. So, so the funny thing about that is that, so the trademark, the actual U.S. trademark, is that the reason why they call you of SC and not USC. Because the real SC has the trademark. Columbia is very nice. It's a very nice college. It's very nice. The campus is beautiful over there in South Carolina, but um, ain't nothing like the original. 
<laughs> you know, like it. Yo, so just just to give y'all a little bit of background. The way Jeremy and I got connected was because of um, you know, months ago when Athletic did an article featuring you know uh, the black soccer community within Atlanta and how it was raising up and everything, and they they featured us, you know, the podcast. They featured myself and everything, and Jeremy happened to read it and he saw that the mention of Southwest the Cat. Jeremy as well is a fellow patron of Southwest the Cab YMCA soccer program. Um, but Jeremy, just a little insight as to you yourself. You know, yes, you went through the Southwest the Cab program and everything like that, but you're a, you're a hooper. You're a baller. Yeah. How, how did you come into to soccer and everything? So it's, life's funny that way. Like, going back to the article, it's only like, I... I first read through the, the athletic article by uh, Felipe Cardenas, uh, Cardenas um, particularly shout out to him too for it. And when it happened, I remember reading the line that said South the Cat YMCA. I legit put my phone down for a good four minutes. I, I, in a thousand years, I never thought that that would be the first thing that I would see to it. All the places in this city, particularly in America, the place that I first learned to kick the ball in general. And at, at that time, until my what for like half a season, junior varsity in high school. The only other time I played before, like competitively, like growing up in the South, I mean, there's only two, three, three type of real sports you play. You hoop, play football, what my dad was coach of, or you, you on the um, diamond playing baseball. So basketball kind of becoming, me being six, six, the whole nine with that. Uh, my family background, my uncle playing the league, my mom working the league at the time. That kind of is came to it. And I mean, this is, by far some of the best grounds to do it. So my journey with soccer is kind of weird in a way, but it's kind of the way how most American kids kind of came up to it. Like particularly American black is it doesn't have, like there's no one playing here. I had a copy of FIFA. My parents got me a copy of FIFA 04 was the first one I ever had. And so as I had the, just had the copy in itself, I looked to the teams, said, well, I like the color blue. The team has an American back of goalkeeper. Now I'm a very, 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 very depressed Spurs fan. It's one of the greatest slash. TK, did you hear that? Did you hear that, TK? Hey, I'm glad you said curved. I was like, oh, oh, he curved. But that's. I really question so much about my life, too. <laughs> There's a lot of agony. I can imagine now. Levy and Marino really, really, my soul hurt. My soul hurt. <laughs> it's depressing. Like, like it's the like it's genuinely like it's diff- like I can't like I don't want to, the names Dyer and Sanchez do not want to, I don't want to those names into existence for the rest of the year. I refuse to. I I can't. I can't anymore. It it hurts my soul. But it was the first exposure I had to the sport in any like real capacity. And that's where it's like, you know, as a kid, I already got more games out of it. I got madness and that, so pass passed off that. So I would say around the time when the when NBC brought the Premier League uh, on the regular for an American audience, was the first time also when I really got deep, deep into it. Kept tabs on You know who like, the big teams are with Barcelona, Reales, and that. But honestly, with my friends and everything, I was going to want to know. Because I kind of was interested in the sport. Even though, like, I mean, we're on the road, AU circuits, 
high school circuit. I mean, like we're like, that's something that we just don't do. And so when that happened, I was able to get much more exposure to it, much more exposure to the leagues to itself. And as you understand that the, they're not just cleaning this up, but the cultures of these clubs, the clubs, it means the communities and around them, things of nature. And how I've kind of now looking back on it, I was for a time angry because we didn't have that here. I mean, Atlanta, I mean, I'm still going to be a Braves fan until the day I die. And so Hawks, uh, Falcons, uh, but <laughs> yeah, we're, that's different, long, long conversation. Yeah, but, that's, that's a different episode. Yeah, yeah but um, the Southeast was neglected. And so a bunch of kids that would have been very interested early on at the barriers went around to say, well, we have an exposure to say, well, okay, being accessible here to play the game, either for both a cost perspective and from a sense of just teams, coaching, experience around it. I mean, I mean I'm happy you got it early on. I just didn't get the opportunity to. It just wasn't there. It wasn't like it's you have to go reach for it. Like it's the only we're the only country in this planet that we think of this game as a rich sport. And it's infuriating. I mean, even our friends up top in Toronto, in Canada, whatnot, I mean, they're still, they still go to the same principles throughout the rest of the world. And we still have yet to grasp that. And that's been a major part to, like, to me, my mission of it. With the college, measuring national relations, a thousand growing defense probably in the South because the money, the money was looking great in defense, in defense and morally, eh, didn't say all that. But it kept coming back. Sports kept coming back to me. And so, Every paper I wrote ended up being on it. I Every paper ended up being on soccer my entire time in college that I had to shoot a topic on, except for my main thesis, which was on the Russian doping investigation, <laughs> which actually is the first time in a long time that I remember my first thing, you know, first in a long time you asked me what came out of the Russian one, <laughs> like, like one, like one, a political battle, a huge political battle, fun, fun, fun times. But it kept coming back to that. So I'm now in college. And rest, this is going to be like a blessing to size because my options were to either go big consulting, uh, work. I also do part-time adults as well. Um, so that's one of the best things in college, part-time adults to be able to fly literally all over the world. I've been to every continent except for Africa, which I'm actually working on. And then tell you, tell you later on, I'm actually going to go to a wedding in South Africa, most likely in general. Just like we talked about, bro. <laughs> like- everything works. I finally, I finally touch all the continents in itself. But that's allowed me the opportunity to see the world. And one of my favorite things to see is stadiums. I've got a chance to see what Heartland for um, the reconstruction of the new stadium. I've got a chance to see the Emirates Stadium 2 in Arsenal. I've got a chance to see um, Cruyff in Amsterdam. I've got a chance to see Camp Nou. Um, I've got a chance to see... Uh, Stadium um, Azteca, um, BMO, almost every major stadium in the United States also. Um, got a chance to see uh, where Melbourne Victory play, uh, FC Copenhagen. Like, I got a chance to see a lot of amazing things. Also, Camp Now. Also, got a chance to do a full tour. Camp Now actually was pretty awesome in itself. Um, and as you go to the touchline. So, got a chance to see a lot of great things through it. And what always strikes me to it is particularly the academy systems of kind of reminding how like we come to on the AAU circuit and particularly AAU circuit and football down there. I mean, you're not doing one, you're doing the other. 
in one most ways or another. And I mean, I mean, I play with two players that are in the NBA now. So like as teammates, so it's very fruitful here. And going back to the infrastructure aspect of it is how many of the kids that might have not had the best jumper and honestly doesn't run a 4-4, but has great feet, has the intangibles, can make a great defender, makes the right decisions, can stay off the can make the right decisions on and off the pitch, that just didn't have the opportunity. And that's kind of what drives the mission. I would say, like, I remember Tony asked me, when I first asked, what do you want to get out of this? And I just said, in a simple mission, I want to have the barriers that were there for me not to be there for my niece and nephew that currently exists within the sport. Is that as simple as that? And my, and like, they're young, they're young. So like, they don't, my niece gets it more being 12 on 13. She gets it more of what's coming with it, but she's still learning to love the game in itself. And the things that being, in her case, she'd definitely be more of a fan, right? And then the player, but she's learning much more of like how, the cult, how the culture does change in it and something to kind of help in the sense of spirits. Uh, so that's one of the things that's kind of hits me. My nephew, my play. Hoping, trying to convince my sister, I've been trying to convince my sister for almost a year to do so. Uh, she is yet to pertain to it, but I'm going to get that. So she going to, so young, young, going to be playing soon. But the aspect of not only just professional, like I think going to most parents or people around want to say professional, but I think for me it's also the idea of being able to pay for school as well. That'd be an option. That'd be an option not only that, but then still what sports instills in young kids, whether it's decision-making, accountability, aspects of understanding what a good win is and what a good loss is. You want to win something, you want to lose something. And learn how to take it on your head and doing better with it and get better every day. So that's kind of where it kind of stands for me and stuff. And so, uh, do you want to announce Tony? I mean, so I end up taking a leap of faith. I'm also my job currently. I do um I do sports consulting, college sports consulting. So basically, from feasibility studies from Division One all the way down to JUCOs and intercollegiate athletics, like just starting them. So basically, when schools have shit to deal with and know that they're gonna get their asses grilled, they come to us. <laughs> that's, that's a good way of describing it. But that's, that's a great like, way of describing it. Like, like we and like we work with everybody. Um, a lot of HBCU work, which is I love about the firm I work at, is a lot of HBCU work. Wait, a lot of HBCU for better or for worse, to be very frank. But everybody well, who's listened to our episode, they know that we love our HBCUs, but at the same time, we know what comes with HBCUs. Yeah. I literally have a really bless your heart and like come here, come here, give me a hug. Come here, HBCUs, give me a hug. You know, I got Andrew on one shoulder and I literally have the devil I want to like. <laughs> hey, on the regular, well, we didn't talk about, hey, we didn't talk about this, Jeremy. We didn't talk about this the other day. Morris Brown got accreditation back. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Grab the cheese. the cheese. Woo! They're the exact example why the SCBA does not believe you should go D1 because you can go to D1, go D1 by rules. They're the perfect example for that. <laughs> but actually, that's probably yeah, some of the best news and education that has come out of the city in a minute. Yeah. Definitely seeing much back up. More right back up. I should say that for my up. I'm sorry. I apologize. Yeah. Yeah. 
But all right, so Jim. Okay, yeah. so you know the fact that you know you hollered off on you know your your journey, your resume, you know. So and and just just so we haven't made it clear, people. Jeremy is in the pursuit of pursuing something that is black excellence in the sense of he will be the first black African American pursuing the FIFA master's program from, you know, from the United States. And um, this program has been going around since you said what the early 2000s, Jeremy, as far as uh, 2000, 2000. So yeah, 2000. Uh, yeah. it's basically like the FIFA, like FIFA when they came about, they, for as redacted as I will say now, as for as redacted as FIFA may be, and fill in your favorite words with redacted. <laughs> fill in your favorite words with redacted. Well, Jeremy and I have to tread carefully about how we talk about FIFA. I will say one thing more, but one brighter response to it is the idea of understanding how important education is and towards executive management, right? One thing the USA. So soccer, I mean, Pyramid is very much into is the idea of organization and exec and executive decisions. So the program in itself is created as a three module program that takes place in three different countries. So it starts in Leicester, England at the Montfort University, which studies for sports humanities. It then goes to SCA Biaconi in Milan, Italy for sports management, workforce finance and management. And it ends in Neuchâtel at the University of Neuchâtel for sports law. So basically, you're getting all three and three top universities throughout Europe. Uh, it is on a rotational basis, so we'll be going to all three of them on top of field trips to every place. Like I know, the first module and Leicester, the past class have gone. Both Melfa Manchester uh, clubs are very heavily involved with Leicester City. Um, go see the FA. So going to the uh, facility Rest out there. Chelsea for the top four. Just FYI. <clears throat> Basically, <laughs> wow. I'm, oh, 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 I'm, oh, I'm pro Chelsea slander entirely. I, I, I'm entirely pro Chelsea slander, almost as much as Arsenal. But I love a good Chelsea slander. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so the program is the right place to go. <laughs> so typically, we're right place. place. We'll see you on Sunday. What? Oh, is that? You see Sunday, Oh, I, I think. Oh, I'm already checked out after Man U game. I'm checked out for the season already. I don't care how. <laughs> <laughs> that man's hurt. He is it's still hurt about that game. Look, there have been some bad Newcastle. Oh, Newcastle was worse. Newcastle was way. Oh, I was way. It was way, I was way more hit from Newcastle mm-hmm. like last like the week before. But man, man, you, I, I can't anymore. Yeah. I, I, my, my, I. It's stre- is the stress levels is unmatched with this club, and I was in that. You know what? I'm a Southern boy who grew up SEC, true SEC, and adopted SC as football strictly because of being an alumni, and that probably makes me shit breaks just as much. But it doesn't get to the level of watching Marino go one nothing. Doesn't have amazing attack, amazing attack presence that is just world class. Like, what does he think's gonna happen? You have Cavani in front of you. What do you think's gonna happen? 
Harry Kane, who is involved in more points than anybody else in the league. And it baffles me. You have two of the best attackers in Sonny and Kane, and you decide, you know what? I have no faith in my in, in them. I the, 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 go any any club in the world today can be put in the starting eleven. No questions asked. No one's going to bat an eye. Look at the team at the top. Uh, look at the last four in the Champions League right now. You won't bat an eye if you assert Kane or something to in the lineup with anyone. Kane, I mean, like if Kane was playing anywhere else, man, come on, man. Yeah, like, like he would be the highest selling jersey album anywhere else. Just real fast. You said what now? <laughs> I'm, about to, I'm about to pull my hair out now. He this. said my. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, the world needs to end. The football world needs to end. That that's where it does. Although they just lost their coach, so it could be a whole nother, you know, change of the guard. It could take them a while to actually get there. And which would be even funnier because it would parallel Kane's entire career of being a top class world player, but like not achieving top class uh, you know, trophies. Thanks, Poach. Got nothing to say for it. Thanks, Pochino. Oh, my God. Don't get me started on Pochino. <laughs> All right. So, actually, Jeremy, I ask you a real question. This is a tough question. I haven't asked you this question yet. You know. So, Jeremy and I have been hanging out a lot in the last couple of weeks or everything. Sure. Um, this is a tough question. Who do you think are the top basketball players that can play footy? Because if you all know, Jeremy is a Ooh. hooper. And Jeremy is definitely about that basketball life, but also has a soccer life. Who do you think are the best hoopers that can cross? Currently, currently, I'm not talking about coaches because you can't throw Steve Nash in that. <laughs> you know, you know what? You know, I got a list, and you know what? It depends on what I need, and you know, I'm gonna put something out here. So, and this is gonna be very, very sickening to say. I thoroughly believe that Eric Bledsoe is playing in the wrong sport twice. Eric, Eric Bledsoe could be – hear me out. I'm a Chargers fan. Eric Bledsoe can be starting running back week one for the Chargers. Thoroughly. Eric Bledsoe could play right back for Spurs today. Eric Bledsoe. I did not see that coming. Bledsoe. And the and the, and the and the reason why is because I need someone like him on this. I need someone like him on the pitch. I need his tenacity. And he oh no, no get more, get more. He might. He's going to get at least I'll say at least in a season. I'm looking at three red cards minimum. Minimum three red cards. So let me let, let's let's be clear, Jeremy. Let's be clear. I'm very clear. That's your, that's your number one draft pick. I didn't say that. You know how that would be entertaining to watch. Now, would it be a, a smart decision? Yeah, we'll see. Okay, but let's, 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 let's get five. Let's get, let's get five picks. Let's get five picks. All right, so you got Bledsoe in the conversation. Who else is in the conversation? Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving. Kyrie? It's footwork. Kyrie. It's footwork crossover. If, 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 you get, if like I said, if, in, that, if he was in Jersey playing on a pitch instead of playing on the court, it would. It would. It would. Crossover. Okay. All right. I Kyrie. Think that, yeah, Kyrie. Um, Kyrie would be pod would be pod on steroids. 
probably. He's off short, court. though, compared to Pogba. I mean, off, no, off, I'm in off the court. I'm in off the court. Okay, all right. Yeah. Off the pitch, off the court, he'd be, he'd be Pogba on, ster- on steroids. Um, hmm. You better say what I think you better say, Jeremy. Jeremy, I'm waiting on it. I'm waiting on it, Jeremy. Maybe, you better make me proud, Jeremy. <sighs> Look. I like I wanna like can I wanna I wanna spread this out by positions because I know like there's one player that proves his soccer touch in almost every warm-up. You talking about Luca? Yes! I mean, yeah, I mean given. I mean, yeah, he's the best. You gotta, you gotta have Luca in that top five. No, oh, he was coming from. I mean, he came from Real Madrid. Of course, I'm, look, nothing tells me that uh, I thoroughly believe that he has trained at some point Real Madrid on the football. Luca can play. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I don't even know if he can play, but the way that man grabs a seventy foot ball out of the air in the middle, Luca can play. Yeah. Did you see the clip that just happened where um, he was um? Yeah. When he, yeah. he when, when he was juggling and then he threw the ball over the uh, over the uh, the backboard and mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. That like, angle, who else does that? You should not make that shot on that angle. I don't know. But look that, at this. That makes no sense. But look the, at this. That's the only thing I like about this because conversation. It's all it's be all guards because I want because honestly, you know what? Who? You no, know, I'm gonna say, I'm about to start with that. Joking. But that's the thing though, because I, I, I feel like there's, there's the argument of like, of course, the obvious one that just boggles my mind is that, um, of course, if you had the best athletes playing soccer, I'm like, no, like, you just take the guards that are like between six foot. And six three, you have more than enough that than you need to to be able to field a team that could play, that could win, and it'd be done with like you don't need LeBron. Just like just focus on the Kyrie's, the Westbrooks, and like, hey, get those guys because they'll run through everybody and be done with it. But Imagine Westbrook, I digress. Westbrook going literally from like he's going like Westbrook going from box to box. No, nah, y'all y'all missing one. You know who I would love on the soccer field? Patrick Beverly. Yeah. Patrick Beverly on the field. That man would be passing two footed. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> He's a guy I want at want at fullback. Yo, he's a guy Patrick I want be like, yo, I don't care. I'm winning this ball. He would be the Sergio Ramos of footy. Am I wrong? You know, I'm gonna throw someone else. I'm gonna throw someone else out there that would make a what be excellent. If now so much has to go into it, and this is like he has to play, he really has to play in Europe because if he plays in the United States, he will catch a recall charge. Like he might catch one now. John Wall. Who? John Wall. Ooh. I never know. John Wall. I've until he left D. Until he was traded, I genuinely thought John Wall would be the first NBA player convicted of recall charge. One hundred percent. First one, you get with the recall charge. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. It's hundred percent. Hundred percent. But you know what? Though now that you mentioned it, I think another guy that that could translate pretty well. Because I, I I like I, I Bradley Bill. I, I like his attitude. I think that yeah, like he'd probably be a guy that I, like he would be that box box guy. I, I Mm. I don't know. I'm 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 have to go with a a, a local um, player, just simply off the name. Does he does, like does he have does, does his name come with sprinkles? 
No, it doesn't come with sprinkles. Not, not, on, not on my wings? No. I'm not even – no, I wasn't going to talk about lemon pepper Lou. I wasn't going to talk about lemon pepper Lou. What? Um, is that a, a bad idea, though? It's another Euro player, though. I feel like Bogdanovich, you know what I'm saying? Like, Bogdanovich will be like <laughs> – be... That guy be the only reason why. Come on. No, I feel like he would be like a Montage, you know what I'm saying? He, he would just like, yo, I'm going to win the ball. I'm going to spray the ball out, you know what I'm saying? Like that's I feel like Bogdanovich would be like that. Y'all don't think that Yogi will make a will make one will probably be like one of the best keepers, like sweeper keepers you've ever seen. A Jokic will stay like possible. Who? Who? Jokic. Jokic? Yeah. I like that. I like that idea. I like yeah, that sweeper keeper. He's agile enough to make the plays. And you know like yeah. the ball will be in good hands. Will be in yeah. great. I, I like that idea. I like it. Joe Gra, I would agree, yeah, because his distribution will probably be pretty decent. Yeah. Um because the way he passes the ball, having the most assists and everything like that, like yeah, Joker, that's that's a good pick. I'll I, I applaud that one. Yeah. Joker would be a good goalkeeper. He's the only center I can well, and you can argue and beat to an extent, but he's the only one I will really put that faith in like that. Yeah. But the thing about it, at the end of the day, a seven-footer dropping down to get low for you know, a ball right there, like, ooh, I don't think he'll drop down as quick. I don't know. You got to be quick on but that. But, yeah, let, let, let us know what you guys think. What what players would translate well to from basketball to soccer or any other sport that you might think of? Because another one that, of course, in a different sport that I think of would be take on. I do Saquon any day of the week. Mm. Give me a guy that's that kind of leg leg strength. Like he's got like barrels for thighs. I'm like, all I can think of is like all those short Argentinian players. Like, yeah, give me that low center of gravity. Yeah, go to work. But um, let us guys let you let us know what y'all think on on Twitter, on YouTube, all that good stuff. But uh, before we go on the two up and two down, uh, of course we. One last thing that that we didn't go into, of course, that was the beginning of the uh, NWSL Challenge Cup, and we had to reset the reset the counter already. It's it's only been the first weekend, and like it's it's weird because I feel like you have this league that's suddenly starting to catch some momentum and coverage. It kind of reminds me of um like back when Beckham got signed by, by MLS and then you realize that oh shit there's a lot of stuff that's like this ass backwards that need that we need to clean up. And now NWSL has the same thing where they starting to get all this exposure and you realize, yeah, y'all are kinda low key racist. And like um anything that came out was uh, Sarah Brown Gordon who um uh, played for the um for Chicago Red Stars and basically all she was trying to do, her, her boyfriend was at the game in Houston. She was, like, going to go greet him and hug him and everything. And the police were, like, damn near about to arrest him for just for hugging. Mind you, all, all the other players have their family and friends, and they're not getting harassed. They're not getting bothered. But she was damn near about to, you know, have a whole scene just because, her boyfriend trying to show some love, and of course the uh, 
the Houston Dash put out a statement that, that they fucked up. The NWSL put out a, a lukewarm statement. <laughs> and, you, gotta and, uh, you gotta love the PR statements. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, it's and then of course that's not even it. Of course you go up to Portland with the fight between uh, uh, Chris Edmonds and um, it's not fight. Morgan Weaver. It's not fight, but yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll use that. But like, of course, it came out today that NWSL apparently decided not to suspend Morgan Weaver. And then bump up uh, Kristen Edmonds' suspension from one game to three games. I'm like, okay, so you're just assuming that Morgan Weaver was absolutely innocent on the course. Even in the the uh, owners' videos, it's like, nah, it's not quite true because just the way that Morgan Weaver tried to go into with um uh, off the uh, touchline with uh, with with uh, Edmonds, like, yeah, she was looking for a fight. She was looking for a fight. And I think I'm trying to think. Of, was, was there more? Because I feel like I feel like there were there, there was oh, more. Guys, like, uh, and then, um, what's it called? Um, was a uh, the, the Slava? What's ah? Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But we yeah. we missed that a couple of weeks ago. And like yeah. the funny thing there is that they suspended the uh, the Slava power player for for ten games. But they still suspended Kamara for three. For three games. Like, for three games. And he was the one who got abused. I'm like, how does that how does that even work? Like, are you mad because he retaliated? Like, no, like sometimes these confederations gotta get their head out of their ass and just understand that, yeah, pe- people are human. They react to shit when they get fucked Call with. Me. Call me, Greg. What you, what you, what you got, Coach? That's why we need to support our homeboy, Jeremy, because what Jeremy is doing and what he's in pursuit of and working in his master's program with FIFA, he's going into the belly of the beast. But the fact is that we know these federations, that they come with their good old boy networks of whatever. Yeah, definitely. Man. That's it's a major. I mean, it's a major part to it. Like that is literally what is the challenge of it. I it, mean... It, it, no matter what the country is, whether it's, you know, if you're talking about Sweden, whether you're talking about, you know, Scotland, whether you're talking about England, whether you're talking about Italy, they have their good old boy networks within these federations when they come down to these penalties. I mean, we're seeing it in our face right now when a person is racially abused on the pitch and because he reta- retaliates, he's being punished too at an extreme caution. Like three games, that's a lot. That's a lot. And then, yes, the other person who initiated and everything, he's getting his 10 games plus international, which I give him that. The international shit, like, I mean, yeah, whatever. But the fact that, like, someone is receiving the abuse and they retaliate, like, we got to look at, like, how else do you expect? So I just be there numb, just take the beating the whole time? Like, no. And so the fact that, like, we got to support our homeboy, Jeremy, at the end of the day, because he's going to help figure out the way 
of how we can change this issue. You know, there's, yeah, there's a, a go ahead. I was thinking like one of the things so one of the countries, Italy and Syria, uh, over live. What? Live. <laughs> I <laughs> if y'all remember when they had the uh, I think it was AC Milan. I want I remember what the AC Milan did on their own, or did or was Syria who did? I think it was either because AC Milan was very much like what was with the end and i remember writing this actually because i really do hate the anti like say no to racism campaign just saying i mean nancy said it too just say no right it worked out very well <laughs> like like just like just just say no and i remember the uh syria did um the portraits of the monkeys the monkeys the monkeys oh, <laughs> You know, that know, was world class. <laughs> like, like, and you know what's funny? As black men, we sit down and laugh because you already know it's fucked up. H and M, H and M, even looked at him like, "What the fuck are y'all doing?" Mm. <laughs> like, that and might like, be a little fucked up there, Jim. <laughs> and you know why? Sat down and said, "Hey, maybe we should consult. Maybe someone who maybe looks even like sort of black to this." Or some type of committee to understand, or what in the PR, like going to the PR firm, they probably use for it within the league office. These and knowing that where your players are coming from is a very vital part to it. It's hard to sit down and make this argument of, well, it's Italian league should be some Italians doing it when you know you're using foreign talent, imported talent throughout the world, particularly. And be very frank with you, black players from both the motherland of Africa. And black players who are fortunate to Europeans, and not having any input towards that, is still going to be detrimental. With the United States, whether the U.S. wants it or not, and with the change in political power, with how it's been the transition for the past what ten years, somehow to say, it's a reality that many don't want to face. And the sports world is not that different. That the USA team. What I give credit for is, the, I would say particularly the men's USA team, to actually highlight very much more, is an exceptionally diverse class. It's of, of, of probably of any team that is not disproportionately anything else. I can't say the same about USA right. basketball. I can't say the same about track. I can't say the same about baseball. I can't even say the same about the women's team. Either, so. But the men's team, I can honestly say yes. That there are a few brothers on the team that fits kind of this person with the senses of saying Latino, even Asian, and white boys. I can say that. But USA soccer, amongst other federations and leagues, will definitely see the change of with players changing and the demographics changing, the executiveship has to change. And what's important with those changes is that the change isn't overnight. Atlanta from what it was, because remember, yeah, that'll be very frank, remember this. I was born in 97. I wasn't even alive for New Orleans. And so, being a kid that grew up in a post-Olympic Atlanta, and seeing the diverse changes from when I was a kid, to what it is now with the heavy gentrification in the city and whatnot, and what the city's going to be 20 years from now, and who's going to be leading those charges. It starts now from investing in that leadership and from an administrative standpoint as much as it does from the talent standpoint. No one wants to no one wants to go into 2026 looking like shit. No one here does. But unless many aspects from the three countries that are in the bid make that change, 
in leadership, particularly. I think Canada has done probably the best of it, to be very frank with you, especially on the talent level. As part two of that team that's going to go in 2026, this is going to be deadly in Canada. And these actors are making sure that happens. But also that aspect of building the next leaders of the game. And so we don't have this idea of 60, 70-year-old Italian men who come from the time. <laughs> like they remember when uh, they remember a man you were for you, and they're charged for how exactly they're they're being a charge with how to combat this when they just are you not fully invested in it, understand the ramifications of what they do, or just don't simply care and seeing what that leads for. So I know there's a lot of black players are looking at say, hey, the idea of living in Milan, the idea of living in Rome, being in the South, being on the Mafia Coast, just playing ball, sounds pretty enticing for a lot of guys in England or a lot of guys in France. But is it really worth it to be abused like that every day, let alone on the pitch in your profession? Mm-hmm. That was the question anybody answered because it's a money question. That At the end of the day, it's still a money question. You lose now talent that can drive revenue. Same conversation. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah. This week, this weekend, the MLS starts. This weekend, we got more NWSL Stop Challenge Cup. Stop by me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next week, we're going to have our um, MLS season preview episode. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's a whole Grego, do we have to wait on some like famous boxing situation to happen? Like, you know, some Instagram box. Oh yeah. What? What's going on at the Benz this weekend? We'll need to apply for that one. Oh, what is going on the We got the, oh, what, 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 I can tell the you. boxing like, match. Oh, is, is, isn't that like Jake Paul or something? Like what's the or something? I don't know, man. <laughs> That's happening at the Benz this weekend. No, it's a boxing fight. Okay. Greg, or, I'm oh, sorry, Tony. Tony. I say, I uh, keep my ear to the streets. I keep my ear to the streets. Well, you know, when it's your occupation, it's, it's my business to know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I said, we'll, we'll get, get into all the season previews and all that it's stuff. Cool. They actually have people there. It's going to be an all virtual event. It is. So if y'all in the box, yeah, it's, it's, it's super, super VIP. You ain't, you ain't in that category. None, none of us private. are in that category. It is private. My bad. My bad. Be clear. My bad. It, it, is, it is. But um, but it will be virtual, so you can watch it that way. Be virtual as if I'm virtually not there. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, but, uh, I care nothing about this event. Good. And so we'll, we'll, we'll see what's up the following weekend when you have the home opener for the home team. Still, we're still dealing with limited capacity, so we might be there, we might be not. We you know, we never, we never know. Are but going, um, Grego? are you going, Grego? I gotta work that day, so I'm not sure. You don't want to be fired on his day off. Hey, <laughs> hey. hey. Uh, yeah, the, the, yeah the, right. these these next lights ain't Friday, cheap. Next, next Friday, next Friday. <laughs> yeah. these lights and the, and these scarves ain't cheap. So yeah, 
<laughs> These gloves ain't cheap, bro. <laughs> and speaking of uh, speaking of, you know, make sure we got money for all that stuff. Make sure you go get your name sets ready for this season at ftcutd.myshopify.com. I am literally laying around a bunch of jerseys right now with FTC name sets and ready to get them out. Been trying to catch up with um, everything that's been coming in the past uh, couple weeks. Um, oh, we have an announcement. Uh, the day's Wednesday night, starting Thursday, when before this episode even drops, we got FTC. UTD scarves up for sale. Shout out to our homies at Die Hard Scarves for um, hooking this up. Something we've been, uh, you know, trying to mess around for a good bit. We said, you know, we finally got, we have something that we think that you guys will like. We have both a um, home team version for you guys here in the A and also, uh, um, uh, the away version that kind of matches our uh, jerseys that we did last year. So, you know, get to coordinate. 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 So, yes. Coordinate. Yes. Uh, be on the lookout for that. There'll be a special pre-sale for the next two weeks. And and then afterwards, it's, um, we're going to get this, um, the scarves out. But we and Birdie told us that um, a lot of teams might be going back to full capacity pretty soon. And yeah, we want to give you guys something to, uh, to work with as you guys go back to the stadiums and everything. Hopefully vaccinated because some of y'all ain't, ain't living right and, um, and, and, li- and living on the edge. But hopefully enough of us are getting your shots. I, I got I got my first shot. I got my first shot. I, I went to the bins, got my, got my Pfizer shot. It actually took me longer to go get to walk up to go get my shot and actually t- what it took to actually get my shot. So uh, shout out to the people at, at um, Mercedes-Benz. Yeah, the, the process was more than clear. I, I get um, I get my next one in two weeks. So yeah, you know, I, I'm you know trying 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 to live right and do right, and hopefully you guys are the same. And so make sure that you do right and and get your um trip from um, FTC UTD and uh. Yeah, matter of fact, we might throw in a promo code. So that way, you get a scarf, you get a promo code um, for Vax stuff. At the, oh, I don't Vax know what you're saying. Vax. Oh, <laughs> that's going to be the promo code vaccinated. <laughs> I like that. Like, I'm going to go promo code vaccinated. Let us know, guys. But, um, but yeah, definitely be on the lookout for um, the link to get the scarves. And like I said, yeah, we'll, we'll, hook, we'll hook up a promo code um, with that uh, promo code back. This. That's hilarious, but um, but yeah, um, uh, so what we're gonna do this week, of course, um, we're gonna do our ups first, um, because I think we want to save our downs. Like we said um, earlier in the show, we had some pretty big downs this week. A little bit of a um, focus on those at the end, but uh, let's let's this actually no, let's do the, let's do the downs first because I think they serve a nice little platform. Um, First, we uh, we lost uh, rap icon uh, DMX. Um, Fifty years old, man. I'm like, I keep saying it, and it's it keeps on 
being true. Getting old hard damn work. And it's funny though, we we got we got Jeremy here on the show and you know he like I'm trying to do the math like that's basically like half of DMX's life right there. And you know yeah. you don't think it like can can I say something about that, Gregor? What's so I mean before we agreed upon about how we were going to do tonight's show and everything, I was honestly going to say DMX was my down. And it actually hit me harder than I expected. Like I actually mm-hmm. was I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna lie, like I, I teared up one night. And and it's probably because like DMX was a, a, a soundtrack of a good part of my high school going into college career. Yep. And especially as a college athlete and a high school athlete, DMX was at the forefront of my playlist for yeah, of everything of what I was doing for getting hype and everything. So I was just getting hype. You know, you know, what he's want from a you know what I'm saying? Like all that stuff and from top shot up on the belly. All my best friends, they'll tell you one of my favorite movies growing up as a kid was Belly. And they made fun of me for that because Belly was one of my favorite movies. I've watched Belly probably 300 times. No lie. Belly is one of my favorite movies. Next to Matrix, y'all can make fun of me, all that. I don't care. But Belly is one of my favorite movies. And so, I don't care what you say. You can laugh all you want. I don't care. But it it didn't age well. It didn't. <laughs> <laughs> F y'all. <laughs> but here's the thing, though. You know, as far as what DMX is concerned, the thing about what's cool about DMX is, you know, obviously he's getting his flowers and everybody's recognizing, like, the fact that, like, you know, all his prayers and everything that's being exposed. And I mean, he is one of one. And I can't reiterate how much he is like, there's no other like DMX. And the fact that like, he at the same time, he can get you hype. And at the same time, he can get you balanced and center anything like, yo, I gotta get my life together. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, there's so much there's there's so much soul to the person that he was. So much soul. As and a, you, you, you could take what he what he how he rapped and just see all the energy and people don't realize ferocity. like this generation doesn't realize how revolutionary he was at the time. Because I'm, honestly, I'm gonna fight you on that one. And the reason why is simply this. Okay. Well, first off, my dad's from New York, born and raised in Brooklyn. So DMX was played. Really? He's Yonkers. DMX yeah. is quite Yonkers. Yeah. But I will say that one thing that made DMX very much, and I think was very much evident, was in a time of disrespect towards rap elders, as elders become old statesmen and just older as well. DMX is the one I can think about where any slander trolling is not appreciated in any facet. You can get 
the whole slander happens, of course. It's stupid, but it happens. You have people that kind of try to slander Dre, Tupac, Biggie, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. But DMX slander has never been approached favorably. Like, it was like this is like the only way you think about this. This so much respect, even before he passed. You think about going back to the verses, where it's very well understood. I like like that. Like that's one thing that kind of came from the like from particularly like social media and that. I couldn't see a bad storm. There was no like, oh, XYZ happened here with DMS and that. No, even even when it got revealed that like he was a crackhead and everything like that, nobody was like, you know what? I'ma hold off on his music, you know, or anything like that. The at the same point, people recognized the struggle and the evolution and the journey of him. Yeah. And I think that's the other thing about him is like I, I I always I mean obviously because I was in the high school college era of him when everything that he made was like straight hype music and everything like that. But at the same time he had his music that touched you in a spiritual, emotional way. Um he recognized that we're all you know, imperfect human beings. And that's the thing about him as an artist. Like he comes to you, like I come to you weakened and hard. Like he says that in his music, he says that in his prayers, I come to you weakened. And the thing about him is like, I think that's what we appreciate him as an artist is that he comes to you recognizing that, yo, I come to you at this moment in time when I'm like weak and hard and I'm trying to figure this out. But at the same time, you know, I'm trying to get this party started. You know, at the same time, like, let's get this, like this thing lit at the same time. Like, yo, we all got these problems as a party together. Like, he, I mean, he embraced the fact that he wasn't perfect. And I think that in, a, in an environment and in an industry where it's almost, it's, a, it's like you, have to be perfect. Like he embraced the fact that he that he was a man of the people, and that he I'm sure had his flaws, and it made him human in, in, in that element. And I think that's what endeared him so much, and that's why that slander wasn't tolerated. Because it's like, yo, like this dude's real, and yep. he and he lives real, and like if you can have if you can be at the highest of highs in the lowest of lows, you know, and still largely come out to it, at least until the end, you know, who can really, who can really touch you in, in that regard? You know, is I think that for what he delivered for so many people, and of course, just like, I, just like you, Tony, like, that's pretty much, you know, my high school and early adult years and like I, I can go back to 10th grade and like play a JV football and you know we had like our own version of um, of, uh, of uh, the Rough Riders anthem after every game and everything like, wow. and I'm like yo like that like that was our shit and it's like there's no GMX so you don't have no Eve you know what I'm saying like yeah <laughs> like, you, don't, you don't have Swizz you don't have you like you have so many you don't have Sean yeah. Paul because, like, that Belly album, 
he put Sean Paul on with a Top Shot song. And like that song alone is one of my t- favorite songs of all time. If it wasn't for that song, we wouldn't have no Sean Paul. So you're welcome, wedding ceremonies and everything. That- Sean Paul, everybody who loves Sean Paul now, you can thank DMX for that. He made like with women. Oh, that song has a lot of problems with it. Now that we're in 2021, it has a lot of so, some stuff that's age well, but that's okay. That's it okay. didn't age well, but <laughs> nonetheless, he put Sean Paul on on that song. But you but, know, uh, funny. You know I, he's the only person that could have songs that didn't age exceptionally well. But where the hood at a rate a a that could not come out today, but yes. it's still accepted. Like going back to the point of like, yeah, he's he, because he no, he's imperfect, and right because you know, he what, is imperfect, he, and he accepts. Like, yo, I got my shit. This is who I am. And, yo, at the end of the day, I'm putting a song. Let's have a jam about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's how he is. But yeah. yeah. No, it's, I don't know if it resonates with anyone else, but particularly for me, in the sense of uh, kind of like you know, Gregor was mentioning earlier, it's just like, me, that's just like his essence. Um, the... Like how he raps in scripture and things like that, you know. Like I didn't necessarily grow up in the church, but uh, music and scripture for me is always something like it kind of becomes a synergy of some sort. And I always appreciated that. I know the, um, the album cover; he's got the blood <laughs> dripping over him. And that one particularly resonates with me. That was huge. Uh, oh no, there was a that lot. That was of huge. Of X, had, you know, to his to his his plat, his palette, shall we say, his palette. It, it, yeah, it's interesting to say that, like that was huge because, like, the fact that he had flesh in my flesh, blood in my blood. It's like when that album cover came out and he's dripped in blood, people were like, "Oh my god!" Like he's in blood. Like, is he a killer and everything like that? Like, and on obviously because of the skits on his songs and his out. Like, you're like, "Oh my, oh my god!" Is he like, is he a legit killer? It's funny you say that because, like, he was pushing the bar so much. He made everybody feel uncomfortable. At the same time, you're like, I need to listen to what he has to say. And even when he has something to say, yeah, like, the, the, the thing about it is, like, I, I think what's, what's missed is because, you know, so many rappers, they just say words without any weight. DMX, you felt like everything he had to say had some weight and validity to what is from him or his experience or his people and everything like that. And that's the difference between DMX and most other rappers because what he has to say has validity to it. Whether whether you agree with it or not, that's in your world or whatever. But the fact that he's transparent about himself and it is truth or matter to what his experience is. And he ain't about, you know, no flashy shit and everything. Like he most of his raps are not talking about, yo, I gotta lay this, you know, you know, Bentley or Rolls Royce or anything like that. He's not rapping about that shit. He's rapping about like, yo, what I had to do to get that Bentley and I had to rob a dude and Right. And it wasn't a pretty sight. Let me tell you about how that site wasn't pretty. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
<laughs> and he tells you that sight right. like CSI. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there was also classics. You know, I thought you had to count to ten. I think Gregor we shared that one earlier. Yeah. I mean, there, there, there's there, there's so many songs that I think that will remind you of a certain place and time that you were at. And I, I just I just don't appreciate him naming my my mom's name. <laughs> In the list of women of who he was pursuing in that track, but you know, other than that, you know, yeah, I mess with him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, just remember these eight, just the eight things we learned from BMX. Swag, twisted, your girl's a hoe. You broke everybody, knows. everybody knows. And you'd be like, So, I love my baby. I love, baby, baby, mama, I I love it. I let it go. <laughs> but one one time for the icon, the legend, and the spirit of DMX, you know, we got, we got your music, we got your love. We, we definitely got to make you. Hopefully, you guys are, are still here. Like, we got, we got to. Yeah, get him get into the, the, the heavy shit real quick before we get to the, the positive stuff at the end. <sighs> you would think by now that Minnesota would, would know how to get shit right by now. In Minneapolis, up in that area, you would think that, you know, after everything that happened last year, say, hey, we need to be on our P's and kills and, you know, do right when we are dealing with people of color or just or damn near everybody. Cause I'm like, yo, there should not, there should be zero excuse after George Floyd that for another black, black man to get killed um, up in the area. Zero. And here we are. You mean after, you know, excuse for another black man to be killed? And here we are, you know, Sunday, I think it was Sunday, uh, Dante Wright, uh, 20 years old, uh, shot by police. Um, it was just announced today that the officer that, that um, killed Dante, uh, Ken Potter, was uh, charged with second-degree manslaughter. And... Former officer. Yeah, former. She, did, did, did they accept her resignation? Because, yeah, that's... That's a whole difference. And the Chiefs. Hey, and, and the police You're chief. You're only going to get what you want, so it's not burning. But I just want to focus on one thing on this that just found absolutely boggles my mind. So as part of the police officers, you know, uniform, belt or whatever, you have a taser and you have a gun. And the logic that we're supposed to be given is that the taser was mistaken. Uh, what the gun was mistaken as the taser, that they meant to use the taser. I'm sorry, but that's got to be the most, especially for someone that apparently was an officer for 20 something years. Like, you, I would think that you would know by now the difference between your gun and your taser. They don't feel alike. They don't look alike. You don't look at it like, like 
the taser isn't even all black like like the, like your service weapon. Yellow and black. So it's, at what point do you like? Do you just you just black out and, and just start just start shooting with without any type of regard? Like, how does that even work? She broke protocol apparently with bombs. So, so first and foremost, a gun is just more. I mean, on the gun, a taser is night and day. Everyone who's ever held either one of us night and day. Um, but she apparently was breaking protocol in the own. Like, yeah. look how they did it. Like, because like, I had it on the wrong size and whatnot. And the New York Times did an article, and that's all today, that was going a little bit deeper into like, the, exactly what the article was going So, I... <sighs> the degrees of separation of this is kind of what gets me more. It came out that, uh, that's right, the his teacher was uh, Mr. Floyd's girlfriend, mm-hmm. and how it still hurts. It's still scary every day that how one movie are to something. Uh, it like basically back to like the case here, Mr. Brooks here in Atlanta. That basically that one he's on university prior, which practices Carver High School for practice AAU, and how um, it's. For that level of separation that one family realizes, and probably Mr. Wright felt, of knowing that that was his former teacher's girlfriend that was affected the most. And now she's looking at it, like, particularly next day for herself, that she lost a few more people and her boyfriend at the time. And those degrees of separation that kind of still stick with us. That will never go away. Half the cameras go away. Let's say they do go away from Minnesota for two years, right? Which honestly, given their current rate, it's probably gonna be in the Twin Cities for a long time with this. But those degrees of separation still affect what's the psyche of particularly the black community and just honestly of over community in general and entire state. And it still like strikes me as just always just hurtful. You see someone on the street, you don't know that's gonna be the last time with them, particularly. You see you see him at the show, grabbing something to drink, and that you know that drink is the prohibitor for why he shot. It's the inhibitor for why he shot. So it's something that just always just sticks and it's kind of just a dark it's a dark reminder. Um Tony, you uh you got a um uh, text message from your dad the other the other day. Tell us about that. Yeah. Um, so, um, as I say, you know, I'm like I'm I'm approaching the age of forty, and um, my dad is uh, seventy six years old, and he has experienced everything from the civil rights movement, and he has uh, been locked up for our the, Lunch counter sit-ins, um, you name it. As far as the black experience, my dad's gone through, and he's a high-working professional. Uh, he's one of the top, top black psychologists, at least in the state of Georgia, if not within the United States. Um, even still, 
to this day, he has to send me a text message on Sunday. Um, basically stating um, to make sure, hey, son, if you get pulled over, make sure you comply and do not, you know, resist and um, make sure you do everything that they say and that I love you and that I don't want you to become another black statistic. Which I know and everything, like he and I have had those conversations, you know, dozens of times before. But the fact that my dad at the age of 76 and everything he's gone through, um, he has to still say that to me in the year 2021. Um, And I, I, you know, it, it, it hit me hard because like, Wherever we progressed, you know, um, here is my dad in 2021, you know, all the shit that he's been through and seeing everything that you know, we've gone through in society. I mean, even after 2020 and the hellhole that was, he's still having to send me that text. Um, and not that he questions my character or anything that I would go off the wall or anything like that. It's just the fact that the matter is that that's still the conversation that black parents have to have with their kids, whether it be male or female or whatever. Um, and here my, my dad is at the age of 76 having to send me that text because of what he's seeing on the news. Um, that tells you that, you know, what my dad went through in the 50s and 60s, how much have we progressed in 2021? Have you asked me? We haven't. Yeah, there's things that we have, or, you know, frivolous things that we've progressed on. But as far as societal standards we haven't progressed and so um that's the shit that still hurts and it, it makes it you know i even look at my daughter you know here in 2021 my daughter is six years old she's probably gonna still be dealing with the same shit 20 years from now it's sad yeah, I think that um, it's easy to point out the things that have "quote unquote" advanced for people, or especially black people. But at the same time, like you said, like it, it's it's disheartening when the same shit still happens, and even more frustrating when you clearly have a a section of people that's like, hey, what do we have to do for this to, to stop happening? And the we elect charge to hope, you know, change that those policies, you know, it, it's is usually very incremental or nothing happens at all. And, and 
It's like you have a big plate of food for dinner and your, your, your dinner represents change and like you might get the part and that's the amount of change that you might get. And, you know, for a lot of us, for Amner, all of us, it's like, yo, like, we we want to be in, in, a, in a country and a world where we don't have to look look up, you know, on our back to see, like, you know, who's trying to take us out. You know, damn near all of us are just trying to live. And, and of course, I, I think about not just, you know, Dante Wright, I think about the, um, the Army Lieutenant up in Virginia. That he is in uniform. He is doing everything possible to be professional, to be cordial, and, and that still isn't enough. You know, he's getting pepper free. Luckily, he wasn't killed, but he still was harassed to no end, you know, just because. And, and it kind of leaves you like, okay, like, what else is there that, that needs to happen for people in law enforcement to understand that, yeah, like, we are not your enemy. And yet there are so many that are that hide behind that shield, knowing good and well that, yeah, you're just trying to knock off a blackbird. And that's, that's the perception that we get. And until people in charge recognize that, you know, we need to do a better job as far as vetting other people that we hire and do a better job as far as any type of conflict resolution. So I'm like, it's very easy for them to act more accordingly with someone that's their color than someone that's not. And it's like, yeah, that, that's a, that's a problem. That should be a huge problem. But yet nothing gets addressed. And so we talked about it a couple of weeks back when um, Wilfred Zaha said not to do more before games. This is the kind of stuff that I was talking about as far as why I probably would start ending as far as I'm like, where is the actual change that kneeling is supposed to come from? It's like, this is still happening and nothing's happening. What the fuck? <laughs> now, I mean, yeah. it's interesting because I've been watching the Big Ten, um, you know, um, Big Ten competition as far as like the soccer finals goes for men's mm-hmm. soccer. And before the game starts, they they're taking the um, and everything in, in honor of um, you know combating racism and everything. And you know, obviously, Wilfred Zaha was opposing that aspect and talking about the validity of it now. Um, but at the same time, it's like. Mm, What what are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing in the day is like, and I say, what are we doing as a totality of we as a human race and everything? But like, we're some, saying no. I mean, and you say it, Jeremy. Like we're saying no is like, and I agree with you. Like, yeah, we're saying no, and I. I 
the fact of the matter is that that no matter what efforts we take, whether it be kneeling, standing, singing, no matter what happens, the fact of the matter is that we're still at, you know, square one. I mean, I know that at the end of the day, Jeremy, and you can relate to this. I love taking my daughter to Stone Mountain to hike the mountain. But at the same time, I'm having to educate her on those flags that I'm having to pass to go up the mountain. And if any of y'all who've been on Stone Mountain, you know you have to pass those Confederate flags and what it means and represents. And obviously on the forefront of the mountain, you got three, you got, you know, Jefferson Davis, Stonewall Jackson, and all that stuff as far as, you know, like, we all know the Confederate history of Stone Mountain and Stone Mountain Park and everything like that. And climbing that mountain, because for me, it symbolizes a lot, but I'm always having to educate my daughter, who's only six years old, about the journey she's going to have to endure from here on out about there are people who think that just because of the basic, you know, the color of your skin and everything like that, like, they're going to judge you on that shit. And the fact that they have all these ceremonial markers throughout our society and it's uh, it, it's, it's exhausting. It's fucking exhausting. <laughs> it's fucking exhausting. That's all I can say as a parent of a six-year-old. And my daughter is mixed. <laughs> it's exhausting. It's fucking exhausting. But, um, but yeah, sorry. No, I'm sorry, obviously we're still watching the, um, the Eric Chauvin trial. That's a, you know, it's, it's funny because there was a, um, SNL skit over the weekend. Um, they did like the Minneapolis news and how like the black anchors were like, they're pointing out the obvious that, you know, the officers in the wrong and, and, um, they should be held accountable. And, um, the white anchors are like, well, it's obviously going to go to jail. And, like, I was like, mm, yeah, that's not quite a, an automatic there. Like, mm, might want to temper your expectation. And that's the sad part is that, you know, fight video evidence despite, you know, all the eyewitnesses that it's, it's not a lot, you know, and with this new crop, it's probably still not, not going to be a lot. It's never been a lot. I don't know, but I think at some point, you know, we have to take another step, you know, demand, you know, some actual policy change that way. And you can actually just go here and live, you know, and not have to worry about every interaction that we have with police, worried about our livelihood over trip. Oh, shit. You're talking about traffic stop that turned into somebody getting killed. I'm like, I shouldn't have to get killed for 
running a That's just ridiculous. There it is, and here we are. But uh, let's. So, let's, uh, so Greg, go as a keeper, you know, usually I got to handle the negative, you know, a shot mm-hmm. usually and everything. But usually I'm the start of the counterattack. Mm-hmm. Let's turn this positive. Yeah, let's, 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 let's go. go up. Let's go some ups. I'm ready for some ups. TK, you be you be quiet. So we, well, I'm gonna get you up in up in here, man. What you got? Oh, Jeremy's going first. Oh, TK's going first. Okay, TK. Of course, he's on mute. Because Chelsea has survived to go in the next round of uh, Champions League. Is that what? Is that probably? Probably. (laughs) You still have your TK. You're still on your TK. Okay. All right, Jeremy's up. All right. All right, batter up. Okay, cool. We're doing it live. <laughs> We're doing it live. Fuck it. Um, what would it be the two ups? Uh, first off, I'd say so. Um, first off, thank you for having me here. Um, to do this podcast, and so one of the major things was um, GoFundMe I was raising for helping raise for the funds for this. I have an up because it's not hit fifteen k. Which I had no like any type of idea that that's gonna happen in a week. So, in a week, in a yeah, week, really. in a week, yeah, 15k in a week, yeah. So, keep it going with that. Um, I'm pretty sure going on, y'all, we're gonna link it and in it. So, definitely support 100%. Uh, that's probably the first up. The second up is one that, um, I kind of touched to you, uh, Tony, uh, a little earlier, um, but it's actually because it should be a down because it was. I said it originally was a very down one, but now the great news of it makes me really up. So, in Birmingham, where my mother's from, um, second home to me, just just about to me, uh, on Easter Sunday, my little cousin was shot. Um, and shooting where four people, wait, four children were shot and a woman was killed. And he was rushed to the hospital, full ER, was on a tube with two shots to the lungs, to each lung, also. And he's now walking, fully off the tube and everything. My other cousin, not his mother, uh, still fighting, the whole good fight. And it's one of the moments where you realize that even though like you're still in a situation trying to figure out what you want to do, it you see worse happen and you see it become better. And I think for me the up for it is that he's up out and about at age of five. This happened. And so on Easter Sunday on East on a southern Easter Sunday, at the same park that I would go visit with my mother, with my grandmother, around the, like not that far from the house where we grew up, where where she grew up in. So, to me, that's up. It really is up. That he's up. That he's finally up. He's up and about. 
That's the only two drops are the GoFundMe and all that. So I got for another. It's okay. Can I get up in half real quick? Half one that's kind of is football related, but to the other football that the Spanish family has no that the Spanish family has been reported to get rid of the Chargers. I'm a diehard Charger fan, and like that might be some of the greatest things I've heard in a long time. <laughs> the Spanish family never relinquished control of that organization. I almost cried until I realized it might be Bezos, but even so. But do you uh, let me ask as a, as a Raiders fan? Let me ask you this question: Do you oh, think Lord, that whoever buys here we go, here we go, whoever buys a team will get them back to San Diego, or are going to be like, you know what? We kind of like L.A. If the like, name is <laughs> not Jeffrey Bezos, I firmly, possibly. The only problem with that though is that one, the city has already said that we're not building stadium, so. San Diego refused, even though the um, Aztecs have gotten to that point now where they're actually moving forward, they're moving forward with their building their stadium. I mm-hmm. doubt the Chargers really get the sweetheart deal with it. So LA is going to be the place regardless. As much as I hate this, as much keep in mind as someone who lived in LA while Chargers were there and genuinely hates the fact that they live that they're in LA right now, they will probably stay in LA for a long time. The NFL is not going to let that happen. You know, there's too much money on the table. Wait, 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 wait. Like, can we talk about the Vegas Raiders shit? Like, there's no fucking parking. There's no... Like, <laughs> there's desert. There's desert. That's all you need. Desert. There's nothing around. I don't know where I park It's, it's so Vegas. Sad. Like, like it's, it's desert. Like, you can make, you can make parking. That's, that's nothing. Wait, so, wait. Who, who are we in a... Oh my god! I don't get this shit. I went to communications. I was in a communication school. I don't get this shit. <laughs> All you need to know is that it will be an entertainment venue where both the city of Las Vegas, the state of Nevada, and the National Football League and, hope, and, po- and quite possibly MLS. There's no parking. None. None. There's the Ven- you got the Venetian. You got Caesars. You got all these different no. places. Jeremy, 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 come on, man. come on, bro. Gotta, come on bro. Gotta expand your mind, man. Come on, Gossip, uh, circus, circus, will be kid friends. No parking for the stadium. None. That's how they do it. It's bro. like you'll park at the, at, at the casinos, and then that way they'll get their cut, and they'll, so that way you gotta go. You gotta go through the hotels and casinos before you gotta go home. So that way you never leave. So there it is. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a dope ass stadium. The stadium yeah. is dope. But the fact that like they didn't consider the fact that like, oh, where uh the fans might need to park somewhere. You know they got I, hotels you, for that. You know, I'm curious now, it's funny you say that. Because the Raiders did well with their season, like when they did their original season ticket, uh, for um for before the season for his um for um not for um fans were not allowed in, they did pretty well around the country with getting fans, like with fans. Oh yeah, in. we travel well. Yeah, so yeah, so being that the Raiders are, would it really matter? I mean, like, I mean, I get the Vegas, I get like the Vegas part has always been. That's the part about the Vegas part that's very tricky. It is a gamble to say like, well, the Raiders are the Raiders. The team, mm-hmm. the fans that moved with them to LA, 
moving back to Oakland. Man, we'll move to Vegas. Like, right. does it matter? It's not, mm-hmm. it's not my problem. It's not my problem. All, all I know is this: there's enough. There's enough people in Vegas to make it work, and if there isn't, there's still people. Vegas is like what four hours from from um, uh, from LA. So you're gonna yeah. get all you can, you'll get you'll get more than enough from LA. It ain't fucking with the Rams or the, or the Chargers to go make that drive up up to Vegas for the weekend. And, and, and we still make it work. Trust me, just win, baby. Just win, baby. I'm just not trying oh, to choke in the ball again. That's all I'm worried about. I don't care about it. You know what? The, 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 gold, the Gold Cup final is going to be in Vegas this year, so there's that. So. What, what oh, you got, Tony? I'm excited now. Oh, it's my turn? You're going to follow up and it's my turn? Yep, yep. <laughs> I'm not in the right energy, in the right you're, mind. You're already in large. Uh, all right, so pop it out, Gregor. No, it's my turn. Okay, so obviously it's my turn. <laughs> okay, okay. All right, okay. I just want to complain about it first. That's all. I don't care if I'm kicked out three LW. Um. So here it is, April fourteenth. Gregor, you can laugh all you want. I don't care. <laughs> I know the three old W just got that's like one <laughs> three L W exactly. Oh man. So um April 14th is a special day in my heart. I have it always circled in my calendar. Um it's International Goalkeepers Day. Obviously I wore the shirt. You know, hey. you know. We got Jorge Campos highlighted in the background. I've been wearing gloves throughout the night. Shout out to all my goalkeepers out there, the GKU, the goalkeeper union out there. Um, (laughs) Rocco. Okay. All right. Okay. Do I call the police on that one? Karen <laughs> um, <laughs> on that one. Um, I heard a lot of sounds I didn't recognize on that one. Um, no, 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 it was. Shot blocks, man. Shot blocks. <laughs> okay, I feel uncomfortable. So I'm going to take that as disrespect. All right. Let me just stop that. Anyway, seriously, April 14th. International Keepers Day. Um, shout out to all the goalkeeper union out there. Um, in all seriousness, goalkeepers have a tough job. Specialized individuals, you know, spot within a team sport. Um, but also, even with that, is the mental health aspect because you know a lot of goalkeepers the biggest part of being a goalkeeper is a mental part of it. And so I just want to, if we can get the taglines of mental health resources for our goalkeepers and the aspect of reaching out because goalkeepers, we're an island and y'all can laugh at us and poke phone, fun of us all you want, but at the end of the day, we can make a break y'all. And so, at the end of the day, 
I want to make sure our keepers are taken care of and they have all the resources to know that we're here for you. You know, all it takes is one moment to change a keeper's career and life and everything. Um, so on International Keepers Day, I want to celebrate our keepers. I love all my keepers. I'm with y'all. We have the best training regiments. All field players wish they could do our training regiments. You can ask any, no matter what level it is, D1, D2, D3 of soccer, no matter if it's, you know, level one, Premier League and all that, whatever, goalkeepers have the best training regiments. And all field players wish they could be a, a goalkeeper for a day. So let's give a shout out to all the goalkeepers today. So make sure, Grego, I don't know, or TK, make sure you can do a, you know, a graphic to celebrate all the goalkeepers. I don't know, flowers with, you know, I don't know, all the great goalkeepers. If y'all haven't recognized, I got, you know, Jorge Campos. Recognize they're one of my favorite goalkeepers. Saga Islap. I don't know Saga Islap picture because I guess they don't like black people. So there's no art of Saga Islap. You, you, you don't have one with him? You don't have one? Again, like I said, they don't like black people, so they don't do art of us. So, you know what I'm saying? But they did art of, you know, Jorge Campos. I got that off of eBay. Um, so they did art of Jorge Campos, but not art of. Shaka Islam. Take that for you want. Anyway, so that's my up for the week. Happy International Goalkeepers Day. All right, we good. We good now, TK. Pop, pop, block of shots. Yeah. yeah. More fire. More fire. Um, match. To connect the bridge from the broken segue. More fire. Um, That's really how it feels internally when I, um, and and this is really just a continuation of the the downs that we had as a group earlier. And I just want to expand on it because I didn't have the opportunity to do so. But um, there were several things that happened like two weeks ago with. Uh, the Premier League in general, Tyro Mings was uh, taken to social media to like you know boycott social media as a whole from all footballers as a, a whole general perspective, and uh, hopefully they can fast track that in England, um, and so they can actually start going after people for you know the, it's really just like kind of disgusting behavior essentially. Uh, um, Grego talked about it a little bit with the. Uh, um, was it Kamara, uh, you know, the international duty, uh, getting punishment for real. had the same shit at Chelsea um, you know, years ago, or I think it was at Tottenham, I believe. Uh, um, but, yeah, it's a, it's just one of those things, man. Uh, we, we, we really have to do better as a society because, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's horrible. You know, people are getting, like, personal chats like we got the at the end of the day realize that everyone is a human being and we're not just like 
footballers aren't the people that we see them on TV. Uh, they are human. They go home to a family or, you know, some of them have kids and wives and, you know, whatever it may be. And it's just really sad to see the way people treat others, you know, sending messages like monkeys and shit all up in them. It's just despicable. But uh, I really want to see society move forward and, and move, move past this kind of just blatant abuse and, uh, you know, just shaming of people for, for no good damn reason. Um, another down, but it's really an up. Because I don't want to hate too much, but it's not particularly my favorite character is uh, Jesse Lingard. Um, Lingard. Yeah. 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 I, I don't really know what to say, but the guy was sitting on the bench just chilling, like hadn't played a minute the entire season. And now has like more goals than anybody else in all of Europe that has played since his transfer at the end of January. So, you know, make, make it uh make of it what you will. And at the end of the day, that should be a lesson. Maybe a takeaway for everyone is to always be prepared to take a shot when the opportunity is provided. So uh, maybe, maybe, maybe that helps you get through the rest of the week. Yeah. Actually, you had a um, down from the other day. Oh, yeah, I did have a down, but uh, do I really want to circle on that? What Was it that important? You know, I think it is. I mean, shit, it's, it's affecting your money. <laughs> I, I guess. Yeah, all right. So uh, I, I work in the film industry, uh, television, entertainment, all that uh, fulfillment. So, like, basically, you guys may have heard the law, uh, voters restriction law uh, recently passed in Georgia has turned off, for lack of better words, a lot of production companies who come to Georgia to receive a tax credit. You film your production in Georgia and uh, you do not have to, you get the taxes back from all the money that you spent, basically, uh, which is typically a lot of money at the end of the day. So Will Smith's production, they pulled the plug on it. They're not going to film in Georgia um, for, for my particular line of work. That is a contract to me that is a guarantee for that production to do business with my company and uh you know it kind of hurts uh not gonna lose sleep over it but it does kind of suck um but moving on uh, i wanted to have an up in the sense of shout out to two black women making um doing something that's never been done before um typically you know i haven't actually really watched this in a long time, I know Greg is super into it still, and uh, I got a lot of other friends that are, are very into it. Russell Neal was this past past weekend, and I want to give a big shout out to Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair, as they were the first um, first two black women to ever main event WrestleMania. Black wrestlers, so period. This is typically, like a paper, yeah. men or women, and, you know, like, like come on, first time headlining. You got to get. Boom, shaka boom, shaka boom, shea butter bombs everywhere, bro. <laughs> loving it, loving it. Um, and and my, my my other down that I was gonna leave into it was uh Julie Ertz, man. I got nothing but shade and eyes for you. We see you. Yeah, that's a, that's we a special you. one right there. That's a special one right we there. Because because that's the literal ex 
He's given a literal definition of the bare minimum to say, okay, yeah, I'm here. Uh, I support all that stuff. But, um, but yeah. Uh, we see you. We see you. But yeah, just to I'm piggyback on that. Um, first and let you know we see. Um, just to piggyback on um, the uh, WrestleMania uh, up. That's actually men or women. First time um, you've had like one on one match headlining that show in thirty seven in this entire thirty seven year history. Uh, so definitely out to them. Definitely a lot more um, representation in um, on that show that. Definitely has a strong history of basically being lily white as fuck. So it's it's definitely cool to see that diversity moving forward. Why thing? Yeah, but um, I, I, I'm not going to keep it all up because I know y'all like this this recording going insanely long. Um, but I'm gonna keep my ups short. Um, WNBA. And NWSL been releasing their unis and kits uh, the past couple of weeks. Special shout out to them because definitely um, that um, that lane has always been underutilized as far as kit design and and uh, and everything, especially with the uh, with the uh, WNBA, which had basically just been getting te- literal template uniforms between. Adidas and Nike for much of the, of the last decade, and this year they really, you know, changed shit up and got like got some actual design involved with it. Got some actual flavor involved with it. Like every team, the guide, the Vegas Aces, Play Sparks here in Atlanta, loved the ones uh, here for Atlanta. But um, and then all. Uh, with the NWSL, uh, with the um, new racing Louisville team, the um, of course uh, with the uh, actually Sky Blue FC rebranded, and they're now the New Jersey New York Gotham FC. So they have a new look as well. You know, just definitely a lot of progression as far as, um, and this is all actually all Nike. So like they're actually you now moving and, and leaning into investing into you know. The, uh, the uni game and done uh, on that level. Um, aside from that, um, oh, before I before I forget, so after thirty eight years of living and thirty thirty years since the shoe first came out, I have the car mines in, in my possession. Jordan sixes. When we got that stimmy a couple weeks ago, I was I'm, I'm, I'm gonna spoil myself on one thing. That not here was these carmines, and buddy, these things are sexy. But um, but yeah, I haven't even worn them yet. I'm, I'm afraid to do it. Like I'll, I, I, it has to be a special occasion when I do it. But um, you know. We shall uh, see when that happens. I know we got to do a photo shoot soon, so we got to figure that it might be for that. But um, yeah, that that that's that's something I was like, you know what? Treat yourself, treat yourself. But um, you know, we we have definitely gone. Don't even bring them unless we book studio space. I mean, <laughs> we'll, we'll, 
we'll figure it out in, in the next couple of weeks. But um, yeah, cause we got we got a lot of stuff planned up. But yeah, next week yeah, we got our MLS season preview. Um, you know, it'll be a lot of fun for that. Thanks to Jeremy Sally for uh for coming on with on this with on this week. Now, where can they find you on the socials? Uh, so on socials, yeah. um, so my Instagram is J S A L E Y two one on Instagram, and my Twitter is Embrace Me. Well, oh, they're actually your social. I thought it was not a dot dot, but hey, I'll take that. <laughs> but um, yeah. I rarely come out, but I'm much more wholesome than. My some time, so you know you're over here talking, and you ain't even say nothing to me. <laughs> but um, but yeah, as always, you can catch us on the socials at FTC UTD on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, uh, check out us on favorite podcast apps. Check us out on YouTube. Um, Check out our, our fam, you know, Two Cents, River City 93, Shea Butter FC. You know, we, like I said, we are all out here trying to help each other. And of course, our fam over at, at Protagonist. But thank you guys for, you know, go, going in with us um, and everything. What's up? Make sure that everybody checks out Jeremy's GoFundMe page. Yes. Please. Jeremy, Sally. And we got the links right here. Wild link. Please. If you can, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 100, whatever. Hey, this weekend, I know I know Gold Club is back up and everything. And I know our, you know, um, all of our surf clubs are back open. But, like, sacrifice one weekend. Whatever that weekend is that you'll put towards them, put towards Jeremy Sally on that. And the For the Culture Scars. Do that. It's for a good cause, people. I promise. Exactly. But yeah. Again, next week we got our for most people on paycheck. Ah, aha! Until until then, enjoy Falcons and the Winter Soldier, and enjoy yes, yes, Yes. enjoy this episode, past episodes. But until next week, the culture's real, culture's everywhere. Stay safe. Y'all know what we're talking about. Stay safe out here. We're looking out for all all y'all. Y'all soon, and we out. FTC U T D.